This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to another edition of the Grip for 60 podcast, preview edition, because yes. uh, hockey did not happen between our last episode and this episode, so we're going to spend the entire episode talking about this West Coast Swing. Rather than talking about the hockey that has happened, we're going to be talking about the hockey that will happen. Is West Coast Swing, is that a thing? Yeah. Like, that's a dance? Yeah. Oh, well, not, not a dance. I don't know. I feel like there's a dance called West Coast Swing, but I'm not. But speaking of dancing, though, we do have the uh, West Side Story matchup tomorrow night. I, I just have to... That's an obligatory thing. You just have to say whenever yeah. the, the Sharks and the Jets play each other. You're a Jet all the way. Because you don't you don't have the opportunity is in, the, in the NFL. Because there's no team called the Sharks, unfortunately. West Coast Swing is a partner dance with roots in the Lindy Hop. Whatever that means. Yeah, you're going to have to also explain the, the Lindy the Hop. The Lindy Hop? No, we don't have time for that. This is a hockey podcast. Not to be confused with the Lindy Ruff. Okay, alright. I'm sorry, that was lame. Anyway. Can we end the episode on that? Yeah, we probably should. Mm. But we're not going to, because unfortunately we can't just put out a minute and a half long pod. One day I want to put out a gimmick pod that's like... 30 seconds. You know, Jack White once did a concert that was um, a single note. Like, that was the entire purpose of the concert, was to get a bunch of people together, play a single note, go home. Nice. Because okay. Jack White is, you know, yeah, uh, the Willy Wonka of rock music. What was the note? Oh, I don't know. How do you know that he played one note? You don't know the note. I don't know. It's like saying, oh, hey, uh, Nick Lidstrom once scored a goal from, from the from the red line. What, what, what did it look like? You're like, I don't know. I just said he scored from the, from the red line. Yeah, it's just a fun fact. Okay. All right. Well, this this, this pot's already going off the rails and we're like two minutes out. Well, yeah. But that's how we always do. That's how we roll. I think it's more fun this way. Thank you. All right, so uh, the Jets are good. Not really, but we can talk Good-ish. about that later. I mean, if you're just talking standings-wise and absolutely nothing else, then yes, the, Listen. the, the Jets are good. Nerd. Watch the games. Good teams find ways to win. Okay, but if you're... Life con- finds a way. But if you're consistently bad and you're just bailed out by your goalie, are you good? Uh, I don't know. Ask Anaheim. Oh, Anaheim has dropped, haven't they? Yeah, a little bit. Has not been a great season. Well, they started out good. Anyway, I was looking at the uh, the athletics projections for this season so far. 
and or at least in terms of uh, playoff odds. The Jets currently sit at 49% to make the playoffs. hey Which, I mean, it's... Less than half. Uh, yeah. You know, and that's... Uh, I don't know if that's where I would have thought they would be when the season started, but still, like, a 50-50 shot at the playoffs doesn't seem bad for this team. Did you cite your source? Yeah, I said the athletic. Okay. Unless you the want Boston to say... Bruins have a 14% chance to win the cup? Yeah. How do the Lightning still have a fifteen percent chance to win the like what what is that? Based uh, on math. What? It's based on math. A formula. I mean, unless you wanted me I to I mean I, it must be a very preseason heavy formula. Unless you wanted me to credit Dom Lushin. Okay. I'm not gonna ask you to pronounce that name again. Yeah, that's not that's not how you pronounce it. But there are just way too many uh non vowels. Did you see he put out a tweet earlier today that was said that he somebody DM'd him saying yeah. that, that their last names were one letter off. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I mean, that's that's good stuff. Um. See, this is what happens when we're in the same room for once. Yeah. And not. Oh, we're both broadcasting from Jacksonville today. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a rare treat. American Thanksgiving. This one and uh, this one and our next one will be will be from Jacks. Hey oh. Yeah. Do all. Yeah. But currently, we were talking about the playoffs. The Jets sit in third place. Gang gang. In, in the Central Division. 14 9 and 1. 29 points. Brennan, tell me, who else is in the playoffs? <laughs> the San Jose Sharks. The San Jose Sharks are in a playoff spot right now. Yeah. And have won three in a row. Yeah. And nine of their last ten. Nine of their last ten? Yeah. Dude, that's incredible. Yeah. How is this the first time you were telling me of this? I don't know. I, th- this should have come up after a game like five or something. Because generally, like, I've just been kind of whelmed by the way they've, they've been playing. <laughs> just whelmed. Not yeah. underwhelmed, not overwhelmed. This matchup is straight up a matchup between two teams that are technically in the Western Conference <laughs> playoffs, but I'm like, how? <laughs> Playoff hockey. We are going to witness it. <laughs> Barely. Okay, the Jets are dead last in the league, according to Natural Statric and Expected Goals Against. And the Sharks are fifth. Mm-hmm. The difference here is that the Jets have actual goaltending. Yes. <laughs> the Sharks do not. So this is a battle between a team that can do everything except goaltend and a team that can do nothing but goaltend. Sort of. Honestly, I think these are. This is just a. a I think this is just a game between a bad team with good goaltending and a meh team with bad goaltending. Oh. But you know. Goaltending is super important, so that's why the Jets are ahead of the Sharks right now. But I'm not really super buying into either team at this point. Hmm. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so, Mr. Sharks fan, mm-hmm. recap us some San Jose hockey from this season. Well, I mean, it was kind of funny. Uh, last time the Sharks played the, played the Jets, we talked a lot about if Peter DeBoer was on the hot seat, because... They had this East Coast swing that went about as poorly as it could, and they were like four and ten or something ridiculous. And then the Sharks get defenseman Radim Shimek back, and the next thing you know, they're like nine and one in their last ten. <laughs> the the missing piece was Radim Shimek. I mean, he, he's a he's a good defenseman. Yes. And he's actually one of the few defensemen on that team that plays actual defense. But is he the difference between winning and losing? Um. Not as much as it's made out to be. 
Is there something with the way the sharks pair up when he's in the lineup versus the way they pair up, they play without him? Well, they put Burns with Vlasic, and that was not good, mostly because Vlasic has been not good, and Burns hasn't been that great either. And then when Schmidt came back, they put Simmer with Burns and Carlson with Vlasic. You call him Simmer? Yeah. There's only one Simmer I will rec- recognize. Fine. Shimmick plays with Burns, and Carlson plays with Vlasic. Better. He plays with Devils now. You can get over it. I can't, I refuse to get over it. Okay? Alright. You get over the fact that I won't get over it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Still a spot in my heart. But yeah, so the Sharks went from the bottom of the Pacific Division to fourth in the Pacific Division, and they're currently in the second wildcard spot in the West, despite having a negative 10 goal differential. Because who cares about goaltending? <laughs> That's just... You have to lose some blowouts to get that. and still. Be oh, they lost plenty of blowouts, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the beginning of the season, it's like 4-1, 5-1, 5-2, 3-0... It was bad. <laughs> uh, they had a stretch. Yeah, it was like 4-1-5-2-5-1-3-2-5-2. That's, that's when the winning streak started. Okay, so what what is... So other than Redeem Shimek, what has... What else has happened during this winning streak that wasn't happening previously? Lots of wins in overtime. <laughs> Lots of wins in overtime. <laughs> like they've been winning games, but like only technically, sort of. They beat the hey, they beat the Preds in shootout. They beat the Red Wings in shootout. They beat Vegas in overtime and the Islanders in overtime, and then the Kings in overtime, back to back to back. They beat the Islanders. That's a thing hey. that like nobody really does lately. Which is very surprising to me. I still don't think the Islanders are that good, but they keep winning games. So, like I we're said, gonna go, roll go, with it. I go, guess goaltending is dumb, and you win a lot I'm of games that you shouldn't. I'm gonna smack Thomas Grice. or Semyon Varlamov. Is Varlamov good too? Yeah, I mean, it, how? Because they just play good defense in front of him, and then they have like some goaltending profit as their goaltending coach. I am not prepared for a reality where Thomas Grice is actually good at goaltending. Yeah, I mean, it's weird to look at him like that, because he, when he was in San Jose, he was just okay. He's just okay everywhere else. And that's why I was like, oh, they let Robin Leonard go, they paid the wrong goalie. For the entire offseason, I was saying that, and making fun of the Islanders. And now here he is, playing his pants off, proving me wrong. Because the NHL loves to prove me wrong. Maybe I'm just an idiot. No, no. I, uh... I, we were all making fun of the Islanders. We've all been making fun of the Islanders for, like, the last, like, two years. And... They, they, I mean, they're kind of a trash organization, and yet here they are winning games. Yeah, they, they just kind of suck as an organization, yeah. But they, they're winning hockey games right now. Yeah, that's... Even that's though none of their... They've heavily invested in, like, a fourth line. You're not supposed to be able to do that and be successful. Dude, my favorite thing with the Islanders... Last year would be when the Athletic would put out, like, some analytical thing, or, like, when they update their projections, and Islanders fans would get mad at 
like the athletic writers because they weren't putting the Islanders high up or high up enough. And they're just like, dude, it's because they don't have good numbers. They're, they don't have good underlying numbers. That's re- It's not that I hate your team. It's the fact that your underlying numbers suck. I have no control over that. But please continue to yell at me. The bottom six, I mean, I shouldn't put too much luck in this because it's the bottom six, but Michael Dalcoli. Dalcoli. Never heard of him. Josh Bailey, Leo Komarov, Matt Martin, Casey Sezikis, Cal Clutterbuck. How was Cal Clutterbuck still in the league? I don't know. Is his mustache just hypnotizing people? It's best fourth line in hockey. That's anyway, moving says, away moving away from the Islanders. This number 13th. Best line in, in fourth line in hockey. Moving away from the Islanders because this is not an Islanders pod okay. and the Jets do not play the Islanders no. for the rest of the season. Thank God. The Sharks game. The Sharks. Last time these two teams played, the Sharks just completely dominated the Jets in all facets of the game, except for, except you know, the important one, the goaltending. Hey-o. And I don't want to, I don't want to seem like I'm dissing goaltending. I'm not saying that, like, goaltending is not important, but it's easily the most volatile part of the game, and you probably shouldn't depend on goaltending. Yeah, I was just about to ask, uh... I imagine um, with the Jets having, was it, three days off in a row, that's probably going to be Connor Hellebuck tomorrow yeah. night. Uh, and then I was about to ask if you thought it was going, which Sharks goal you thought it was going to be, and then I realized, maybe it doesn't matter. No, it really, really doesn't matter. Does it? <laughs> it really doesn't. It, I don't think it matters. <laughs> um, one, give, might, one might give up four goals, the other one might give up five. It's... So really I guess what I'm saying is, I'm picking the Jets because we've got Connor Hellebuck. I might have picked the Jets if we've got Brassois in that. I'm really excited to see the way the fantasy numbers uh, shake out in this one. Because like I said, neither of these two teams can defend like at all. Joe Thornton should be having a field day with these non-NHL defensemen. You say he, that, but like his offensive numbers have kind of like fallen off a cliff the last couple of years. But his defensive game is just ridiculous. Really? Because I still picture Joe Thornton as not the best physically, because, you know, he's ancient, but still very creative with where he passes the puck. And still very good. Like, he can still create plays, like, out of nothing, because he knows, oh, this is where good players put the puck. Yeah. And And he can still kind of do some wizardry. Yeah, and the problem, though, is just that he was never a fast player, and the legs are just completely gone (laughs) at this point. Um, And... The the hands, while well, they're still there, they're just kind of, they're still kind of rough. But it's still, occasionally, every once in a while, like, I remember him being up against the boards one time, and he just, like, no hand, or no look, backhands a pass, like, from the neutral zone into the attacking zone, like, tape to tape. And I'm like, that's just Joe Thornton for you. <laughs> he still got it. Um, like, I was talking about the defense thing. Mm-hmm. The last couple of years, uh, according to... Um, Hockey Viz's or Micah Blake McCurdy's historical isolated impact charts. Defensively, his threat levels have been at negative seventeen point two percent and negative fourteen point eight percent, which that's that really mean? really good. For those of us who don't know what that means, what does that mean? I mean that's just really he just minimizes a ton of threat compared to uh, league average. I believe that's what it means. Okay. I don't want to make this the Joe Thornton podcast, but I do have to ask one 
But I wanted to make it this Okay, good. we can make it the Joe's Horn hey, Podcast. We're not, we're I'm not open to that. Nah, we got, um, we got other things to talk about. We're not a shark spot. I do want to ask. So, Daily Faceoff has Joe Thornton is in this 3C role next to Marcus Sorison, Dylan Gambrell. Yeah. Even though they've got Barclay Goodrow, my boy, Barclay Goodrow, playoff <laughs> the, hero. The lawyer. Uh, they've got him as the 2C playing ahead of Joe Thornton. I'm is just saying. Is that how they usually line them, line them up? Or? Well, with Thorn or not Thorn, with Hurdle out hurt, yes, that's how they've lined up. Really? Lately. I can't see putting Joe Thornton next to Marcus Sorensen and Dylan, Dylan Gambrell. I can't see how that works out for anybody. They're uh, they're doing pretty much like load management with, with Jumbo. There's no point in giving him heavy minutes in November. Oh. Oh, Which, that makes a lot of can sense. Can we please just come up with a better word than load management? <laughs> like, especially because we're talking about a guy who's like 40 years old. It sounds like he's having like trouble like with bowel movements or something. Uh, it's, like, it's like the time that... um. Roberto Luongo missed a playoff game or like the beginning of overtime in a playoff game because he had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> to me, that's load management. <laughs> Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe can take laxatives at intermission together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's got to be a better term than load management. Just, uh, just say, hey, we're giving this guy a break. Ice time is, I mean, I mean ice time is... Yeah, ice time management. I mean, Perfect. that's already a thing. People talk about how much ice time players are getting. You don't have to say load man. I don't know where you're getting this ter- term load man. Well, I think it started in the NBA. But well, I, I've, all, I've all always... All the worst I've, things start in the NBA. No, they don't. But I've seen... I've always seen whenever people talk about, like, minimizing or, like, spreading your ice time throughout the season or when it comes to how many games you want your goaltender to play. Mm-hmm. I've always seen people to refer to it as load management. For whatever reason, we've just decided that's what we want to call so, the whole thing. There are two places where all of the worst things in the world come from. The NBA and Orlando. And in one specific instance, they just mix. <laughs> it, that, that Venn diagram is a circle. Y- yes. <laughs> um, I'm so glad our fan base isn't Floridian. Well, yeah. actually, they might get it better. No. This is assuming we have fans. I'm just assuming that the Jets fans don't have bots like a certain well, university does. Oh, I'm I'm more than ready for UC bots, C Florida bots. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about mm. when it comes to the Sharks? So where? Okay, how long has Hurdle been hurt? Because this is really uh, for like about a week. For about a week. So. So the, the winning streak started before yeah. the hurdle injury. They, I think the Vegas game was the first one they played without, like completely without hurdle. And the, they've been Kevin LeBanc has filled that role. Kevin LeBanc has been fantastic this year. Do you think part of that is just um, like has he changed who he's been playing with, or what, yeah, what I mean, is he's, he's what had is, some more he's had some more top six time. Um, he was attached to the hip last year with Thornton, which. While on paper you might think that's a good idea, like I've said, though, mm-hmm. is that Thornton is a guy whose offense has disappeared the last couple of years because he's 40 years old, and that's, like, that's understandable. Right. That's just that's just how time works and aging and, you know, that sort of he thing. He needs to get on that TV-12 diet. Yeah, so now he's been... Uh, I, think he's, I think he is a little bit of a Patriots fan. Because, is he really? Yeah, because he used to play in Boston. Yeah, and um, there, there's well, a clip he... out there of... Um, they held uh, back when the Sharks were had the Stadium Series and they had the Showtime um, mm-hmm. thing, like Road to the Stadium Series. 
they showed like a clip of him having a Super Bowl party at his place, and he's wearing a Tom Brady jersey. Oh my goodness! Yeah, he needs to look. You're in NorCal now. Embrace the Niners. Everyone else has. Other guys have been to Niners games. Yeah, but I want to know who's been to Niners games. Uh, well, Jonas Donskoy did when he was when he was there. I want to say Little Joe before he moved. I guess I don't know. No, he's probably, no, he's he's a good Wisconsin boy. He's a he's probably oh, a big really? pa- he's probably a big Packers fan. Mm. But getting back to Kevin LeBanc, <laughs> because we get taken I'm off. Sorry, this is way more interesting than the Sharks. Wow! Wow! All right. <laughs> but Kevin LeBanc has gotten more time on the top couple of lines this year, mm. and it's just easier to generate offense when you're playing with Logan Couture. Yeah. Or. or Timo Meyer. Offense, your, yeah, Timo Meyer, offensive zone beast, Tomas Hurl. Like, those two, like, or those three guys are just all easy to play with because they're just so dynamic offensively. Um, okay, so you mentioned something to me earlier about Eric Carlson, and you don't like how he's being used. It's not that I don't like, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm conflicted on it. I feel, I call it the boringification of Eric Carlson. <laughs> okay, explain it, what that means. There's definitely a little bit of, like, the groin surgery. Okay. Still, like, he, he, you see he has a hard time, or it just looks uncomfortable, like, turning the hips. Like, when he has to turn, you know? Yeah. Like, you, I've seen him get beat out wide a lot of times this year. So, it's that. And it's also, it's just playing with Mark Edward Vlasic, who... While he was never great offensively, he could at least like not be an anchor on a on a pairing. And as much as Sharks fans don't want to admit, he's been a total anchor, and it's just kind of hard for me to watch Carlson play with Vlasic. I mean, Eric Carlson, Carlson is still a good player. I will fight. I will argue that to the, you know, to the ends of the earth. Okay. But it 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 still just hasn't felt completely right this year yet. On a scale of one to twenty seventeen playoff run. Eric Carlson, where do you feel like he sits right now? Like a seven? Seven? Yeah, I'm assuming that the 2017 playoff run is, is, is a it, ten. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's where I would... I'd, I'd probably put him at about a seven. I mean, he's been a good player this year, and that's, like... And I, I don't want people to think that he's been bad or he's not worth the money. Did the Sharks ever pay him? Yeah, probably. But he's also living in the Bay Area, which is an expensive place to live in. And he had way more leverage. Mm. So you just add those two things together, and Drew Doughty's ridiculous $11 million deal is going to be even worse than the Carlson contract. Yeah. That's how you get That's how you get to 11 and a half. Drew Doughty. Worth the money? No. <laughs> is he bad? He's not bad, per se, but his numbers have fallen off over the last like couple of years. All right, before we move on, million-dollar question. Are the Sharks hashtag good? <sighs> Come back to me in, like, a couple of months. A couple months. Okay. I feel like I just haven't had that great of a read on this team yet. They've just been so up and down That's hard to really figure out. I would like to see them get another forward, um, but it's also just, like, what with what assets. They don't have a first this year. They don't want to, you know, move guys from the prospect pool because most of the team is pretty old at this point. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how Doug Wilson's going to navigate around that. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, but with that being said, let's take that to 
the other California team. Well, we got, we got to make a pick. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, I'll take I'll take the Sharks. Uh, I'll go like four three Sharks in overtime. Because See, I was gonna say the opposite: four three Jets in overtime. Hmm. Interesting. I actually wasn't gonna say overtime until you said it, and I'm like, I'm gonna tack that on the end of that. All right. Three jets in overtime. So, Anaheim. Anaheim. The little brother of California. Now, I have to start this with a question. Okay. Are the Ducks hashtag good? No. Why? Well, first of all, John Gibson has been very un-John Gibson-y this year. What? He's only been just okay. Hmm. And I think that's where some of their problems start. Not all of them, obviously, but some of them. Uh, Natural Statric has John Gibson at just 1.81 goals saved above average, which is nowhere near where he was last year when he single-handedly kept the Ducks in the playoff race through, like, November or December. (laughs) Yeah, the Ducks really did linger in that playoff race. Yeah, like just they just would that that zero or the point oh one percent chance just would not drop to zero. Yeah, or last year I was watching the Sharks play the Ducks in or Carlson's first game there, and the Sharks just like dominated Anaheim like in every facet of the game. Like the shots were like like the shot attempts were like forty to like ten or whatever, and the Ducks won because John Gibson is just John Gibson. It's just not fair, but he hasn't quite been that. This year, and as a result, the team has not been, like, that great. They're not, like, completely horrible, Mm -hmm. but they're also not good. They're second to last in the Pacific Division right now, which, that position just changes every other day, really. Right. Like, the points right now, after second place, 28, 27, 26, 26, 25. I feel like that's most of the league, though. Yeah, and we're early on, so there's not, like, really a whole lot of separation. Well, but, you know... In the recent years, the way the NHL point system is laid out, you can be in the middle of March and it could still be like this. Yeah, but usually there's a little more, you know, deviation between teams. Uh, the re- so the reason I wanted to start off with that question, are the Ducks hashtag good, is because they started off the season winning games. And they were cracking into, like, top ten of power rankings on different networks. <coughs> NBC. Even though, you know, most people realize they're probably not that good. The way I see it, for me, they're like John Gibson, Andre Kasha, Ryan Gitzlaff, and an AHL lineup. Yeah, and I think one of their problems has been that the kids that they were supposed to have this year, they just haven't been that good. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's like way too early to be like, well, the whole rebuild is, is screwed, right? We're just, you know, pack it up, rebuild again, right? That that's not. But you know what? I I wouldn't put it past the hockey men to think that way. Well, but I mean, I'm saying that from a, from an analytical perspective. <laughs> I, no, like, I get what the kids saying. haven't been very good, even though I it's the. Um, but you know, it, it's growing pains. You know, it, it's really weird to see where this team has gone since making the Western Conference Finals in 2017. I I still just have to point out. They do have Sam Steele. 
I want to point that out for no reason other than his name is Sam Steele. Yeah, that's a great hockey name. It's a fantastic... I mean, you could make a hockey comic book about Sam Steele. Also, the Ducks have a Brendan who spells it the correct way. Oh. Look at that. Yeah. Ghoul. Yeah, I'm not really sure how to pronounce the last name. I'm, gonna, I'm sticking with Ghoul. No, Ghoulie. Also, I make fun of the Ducks because they decide that Erica Branson is a piece worth acquiring. So, when you were talking about the young guys not showing up, I wanted to ask if you were including uh, one Troy Terry in that group. Yeah, to me, I think it's like Troy Terry, Max Jones, uh, and I want to say Maxime Comtois. Comtois. Yes. If your last name is Comtois, yeah. that is the snootiest last name I've ever heard. I thought at first I, I started thinking about uh, the Angry Beavers, but I was like, oh, that's that's spooked. <laughs> no, Comtois is like the the French peas in Veggie Tales. Mm, okay. I could, like that's. I'm sure he's a great guy, but his last name is Comtois. It's like the opposite of Sam Steele. I'm sorry, this is just the podcast where I talk about things that are only semi-related to hockey. Right. Um, or you just go off about the Islanders. I, I think it's um, I think it's funny to do this. Um, let me see. Hey, the Ducks are this weird mix of, like, uh, guys the hockey men love, like Eric Branson. Yeah. And, like, Carter Rowney and Nick Ritchie. Carter Rowney. With a couple of, like... Carter Rowney, did he win cups with the Penguins? Yeah. Yeah. I think only technically, though. <laughs> yeah. I think that adds into his... He might have played some, some playoff games, but he wasn't really a, an important hey, look, contributor. He adds that playoff experience to the lineup. Hmm. Um, he knows what is necessary in the locker room to get the job done. And then they've got a couple of, like, actually good players in, uh, like, Jacob Silverberg, Andre Kasha, Adam Henrique, I guess, and, like, whatever Hampus is... Hampus Lindholm. Yeah, Hampus Lindholm, and whatever is left of... Ryan gets off at this point. I I, I kind of want to add Ricard Raquel to my oh, yeah. hashtag, hashtag free list. So I think I'm up to hashtag free Gibby, hashtag free Connor, hashtag free Ricard Raquel. Yeah. Uh, if I, if <laughs> Ricard Raquel is definitely on my list of Western Conference players who are really good that you just always forget about. Oh, but see, the difference with Ricard Raquel with the, between those other two is... He's only under contract until the end of 2022, which sounds very far away, but is this season, next season, and then one more season. Like, it's not... Yeah, and not a terribly he's basically contract. getting paid under $4 million to put up, like, 30 goals yeah. a year. It's fine, really. Uh, but, yeah, Ducks... Like, he could, he could move soon if he wanted to. Yeah. Ducks, definitely a rebuild. They have some decent pieces, certainly, and they've got some youth, but they're still not very good. I would agree with that. Um, how? Okay, we haven't talked about the Jets very much on this podcast. This Jets podcast. No, but you know, we talk about pre. Talk about it's, about it's a preview yeah, episode. It's a preview episode. Yeah. Um, but I do want to bring the Jets into the conversation. Okay. What part of? I'm having trouble phrasing this because I don't have an answer to this myself. How do you see this game going? What are the key? hate to, to uh, be very uh, keys broadcast. To yeah. Keys to the game. Uh, okay, uh, get pucks in deep. Pucks in deep. Um, don't commit penalties. Don't get, oh, uh, 
listen, we've been over this. The Jets are at the point of the season where they cannot commit penalties because they don't have a defense to penalty kill. And uh, don't turn the puck over. Did I hit? Did I go three for three there? Is that good? I think that's it. Yeah. That, that's those every the, those, single piece of the game. I that's that it. is easily my least Pretty favorite. Much. That, that's <laughs> easily the stupidest part of every hockey broadcast. <laughs> and they're always like offshoots of the same thing. You gotta outscore your opponent. You forgot that one. You gotta outscore the other team. <laughs> like other ones that they throw in occasionally are like you just gotta work hard or like you gotta want it more. Protect than the, the other goalie. Guy. Protect. The goalie. Uh, draw penalties. Gotta want it. Win Dig the, deep. Win the special teams battle. Win the special teams battle. Do, are they gonna win the special teams battle in this game? Uh, I'd ha- I don't know what the uh, what the penalty numbers are for either team, so I can't really say that off the top of my head. Okay. Um, let's see how. Hmm. I don't have very many other questions. Ryan gets left. Too old. Probably. Max Jones. No, we already talked about him. Do we have a grit per 60 champion on this team yet? I was thinking... I'm thinking Carter Rowney. Carter Rowney's a good one. I was also thinking uh, Nicholas Delorier. But I'll give the edge to Carter Rowney because he has a ring. Yes. Or maybe two. I don't know if he was on this. Uh, I, I, he was definitely on the 2017 team. But he's actually one of the few guys to go from the ECHL to the NHL. Hey. Go visit your local ECHL team. Yeah. Unless you live in Winnipeg, in which case go to your AHL team, because I don't know if you've got an ECHL team there. I mean, you could always fly to Jacksonville just to watch Hey-o. an ECHL game. I wouldn't recommend it, but you could do that. I'm going to go to a game, put it on our Instagram page, and call it, um, what do I call it? Prospect Watch. Yeah. Uh, Rowney played 27 games for the Hey-o. Penguins in 2016-17 when they won the Cup. He played 20 playoff games, yeah. though, so that's, that's you know no, that is nothing to that's, bat an eye yeah. at. He has, a, he has a ring. He's 20 playoff games. That is good enough He's definitely He's definitely not a good player, but he keeps getting jobs because he's he's got yep. that veteran presence. Better, he's got a ring. Yes. That's a, that's, that's a pretty, grit per 60 champion. That's that's grit per 60 defined Dude. pretty much if you're asking me. I know you like to bring up size, but I don't know if it matters at this point. Um, Plays on the fourth line, like... Let's see. He's 6'2", 208. Oh, that's, Wikipedia that's, page. that's good enough. Big, yeah, that's good enough. All right. Any other any other thoughts? You know you know how untrustworthy Wikipedia is, always changing the, the heights and weights oh, of, yeah. of fourth-line hockey players. Yeah. Uh, don't you know that every NHL team employs someone to check up on the Wikipedia pages? Uh, I'm going to go a little bit off the walls here. 4 nothing Jets. Uh... Uh, Hello, gets a shutout. Are you saying that the uh, Are you saying that the game on Sat on? Oh wait, wait, it's Brossois, probably, right? Maybe. I don't know. It's not a back to back, is it? I think it is because I think they get. I think it's San Jose. No, it's, 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 no, it's a, it's Wednesday, Friday. Wednesday? No, but the next game I think is a back to back. Oh yeah, but I mean it's the Ducks Kings. Like, <sighs> it doesn't really matter. If it's Brossois, I think Brossois can still get it done though. Assuming he's not hurt. But you said for nothing, so does that? I still know, think it's. Are you, are you? I saying, mean, he's still gonna get it done. I just, I just didn't know if I wanted to keep the shutout in there if Brossois is in that. Are you saying that the that much like the game time, it's gonna be four past Gibson? That was good. I it took me a second to appreciate that one. Like I had to savor it. 
And then just like, yes. Yeah, I'm that glad, is I'm what glad. we're here for on this podcast. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you appreciated that one. That number might be a little higher when they face the Kings on Saturday because <laughs> Jonathan Quick has turned into Jonathan Slow this year. So we get Jonathan Quick. Yeah. All right. Uh, I what think, did you? Oh yeah, you, you I almost forget about mine. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can just escape this. I'm gonna go with three-one uh, Jets. Three-one Jets. Jets. All right. Jets. <laughs> All right. I think that's gonna do it for another episode of the Grit for 60 podcast. Woo! Feel free to check us out on iTunes and Spotify. And also check out the Hockey Podcast Network page because our episodes come out there before they come out anywhere else. Uh, but also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GridPer60Pod. Uh, but that should do it uh, for this episode of the Grit Per 60 Podcast. So thank you for watching. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.